keep telling about that and there's so much you learn from there but peanut butter maggie is also something i love <laughs> yeah yeah hum apni jaan ke dushman ko apni jaan ke liye mohabbat ki isi mitti ko hindustan kehta acha chalo fir shuru kare all right Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Alsi Activist Podcasts. By the way, that's what I'm calling my podcast, Priya. If you didn't know, that's that's the name. Yeah, so there, there's this uh, episode zero zero that you should check out if you haven't. Okay, I mean, it's not out yet, but once it's out, yeah. that gives you a little context of why I'm calling you this podcast, okay. the Alsi Activist. So, anyhow. uh today's episode uh, to my listeners uh, is extremely special to me because i'm talking to a person who has absolutely no clue how much she has achieved in life <laughs> and uh, she has no clue how much i look up to her so we are talking today to flying officer priya sharma who is the seventh female fighter pilot in the indian air force she is currently uh, am i allowed to say where where you're stationed right now or is that uh, that is a fixed date <laughs> right <laughs> so yeah she is <laughs> currently stationed at rajasthan and she flies the mig 21s right so today we'll talk to her about yeah her life and how she grew up as a normal kendriya vidyalaya kid and went on to mm. become the seventh woman to fly a fighter jet for the country so hi priya how are you how are you doing hi I'm good, and um, I've actually started to enjoy the free time I'm getting during the quarantine. <laughs> I am so sure of that. Do, do you still have to do <laughs> go to, go for those morning exercise uh, regimes? No, 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 not not right now. Um, awesome. Do yeah, do you have to do you have to do those regularly? Otherwise. No, it 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 is not that regular, but it's like twice mm-hmm. or thrice a week, and mm-hmm. uh, it's compulsory. But otherwise, yeah. right now also, like um, people are working here. It's right. Like it's not total lockdown, so we're working in shifts. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Right. So let me give a little backstory of how I know Priya and uh, what she is. So, Priya, I'm not pretty sure you have not looked at it in this context, but since I'm a stat guy, yeah, I try mm-hmm. to bring up statistics that are. pretty much hidden even to the people who are involved in them so okay. you are the seventh female fighter pilot in the indian air force and when you graduated yeah. uh you were the seventh so when you graduated we had 14 prime ministers in india so mm-hmm. technically speaking your odds of becoming a prime minister of india are twice as high as your odds of becoming a female fighter pilot Uh, that's so, impressive statistics <laughs> exactly and 
I was so mind blown when I heard uh, the news that you've actually gotten selected. So we'll yeah. we'll get to that part later. But I, I just I don't think I've had an opportunity to tell you this ever because we haven't been in touch so much. But uh, mm. when I actually heard about that, you know the exact feeling. If I have to tell you the way I felt when I heard of you being selected for the Air Force as a fighter pilot, was yeah. that of a trekker, right? So bear with trekker. me here. I, I want to go on this like one minute tirade on what this exactly means. So, you know, when you're climbing a mountain, you are constantly, you know, fighting against the forces of nature. You're constantly talking to yourself in the head and you're telling the things around you that, okay, you can't beat me. I'm better than you. I'll all of these things. But the moment you reach the peak in that last five minutes and you stand there at the summit and you take a look around you and the look mm-hmm. is just so phenomenal. And you suddenly, instead of like all this ego that you had around, yeah. ki, you know, I'm, I'm basically uh, climbing this mountain. So I have to be the stronger one suddenly vanishes and you're completely feeling humiliated and feeling humble, basically at the magnitude of the things around you. And you suddenly realize how small you've been and how insignificant you are. Mm. That was exactly the way I felt when I first heard of this. <laughs> so a little backstory, Priya and I know each other from, I think, ninth grade in school. Yeah. We were both in different Kendriya Vidyalayas and we okay. met at uh, one of these debate competitions where, yeah. of course, so Priya, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and she, she obviously rubbed my nose uh, in the sand by actually taking the first place and I got the second place. So the <laughs> Slightly or actually majorly sexist person in me was kind of humiliated by the fact that I was beaten by a woman oh in a God. debate competition <laughs> where I thought I was good at that stuff, but uh, clearly not enough. So since then, we have uh, we became great friends and we've been constantly in touch, even though we were never at the same place or same uh, you know, location at any given point. So... Uh, one of the things that happened was Priya then went on to do her engineering as most kids in India do. Yeah. She went to Triple IT quota, right? Yeah, yeah. But that was they were hosting their classes in Jaipur back then. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So Still yeah. do. <laughs> so uh, by I think in final year we were kind of applying for similar kind of companies for campus placements and there's always this uh, I would subconsciously, I don't know about her. I'm pretty sure she wasn't. <laughs> but I would constantly keep thinking ki, I would want to keep a tab on like what you're doing and what you're achieving in life. Just okay. that subconscious feeling of you know being competitive. Okay. And it's natural, I think. Yeah. yeah, so we were we kind of were like similar kids, like smart kids of the school and doing stuff in life kind of things. But okay, yeah, uh, yeah, so there's this whole Unnis Bizka Akna and then suddenly you realize Priya is completely changed the game. She was never in the Unnis or the Bees. She was always <laughs> like Charso Bees. 
<laughs> it makes me sound uh... <laughs> yeah it's it's a, okay that probably didn't come out the way I wanted it <laughs> no, it's okay i liked it i liked it right <laughs> so that that probably like that was the kind of game you were playing and obviously your ambitions were much higher and you your risk taking appetite was much higher so immense respect for that and i'm i'm completely uh, indebted to you for having agreed to do this with me today so i just wanted to have a conversation with an old friend right yeah so uh, yeah now i think i should stop speaking and my listeners would want to hear from you rather than me so let's open with uh, your like so i give like a bio data introduction of yours but who mm. exactly is priya sharma otherwise when she's not a flying officer mm. i uh, i i'm just at heart um, i'm just a young girl mm-hmm. who wants to explore uh, a lot of things and she doesn't think she has time for all of it i'm so, sure <laughs> like i have so much going on in my mind um, like yesterday i wanted mm-hmm. to learn how to start wheel and then i kept on trying so it's like um, mm-hmm. but i have a lot of ambitions like um, right. this is not it. being a fighter pilot is not just it. they're like further right yeah I this is just the beginning you are uh, i'm sure you're like 24 25 you still have like your whole life ahead of 20, you and I'm pretty young. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. So yeah. yeah, let's rewind the clock a little bit and talk about your early life. So mm-hmm. you went to you were constantly uh moving from school to school uh with your father, okay. I think he was in Air Force and yeah. uh, you went to Kendriya Vidyalayas, a lot of Kendriya Vidyalayas. <laughs> Yeah, How was your experience the- there? <laughs> oh my god. I couldn't tolerate one and you went to 7. <laughs> no, it was um, like in the starting, I think the first three schools that I changed, uh, mm-hmm. I was so shocked by the change of environment because uh, from uh, my first school was in uh, Kalaikunda where I'm currently in lockdown. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, nostalgia. Right. So I was uh, mm-hmm. my first three <laughs> my first school was Air Force and KV uh, in Kalaikunda. Mm-hmm. then we should to bangalore so it's like uh, different entirely different weather wise and language and everything then right. after staying in bangalore for 3 years uh, i we, i went to bikaner where mm-hmm. these places i i was not able to adjust and uh, it was it was very difficult like to the point of me getting bullied on a regular basis right. then um, when i went to my next you know place I was already so much, you know, I'd taken in so much that I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. give in to all that. And from, I think, Gorakhpur onward, then Bidar, Jodhpur, right. I started to become, you know, as a, like, I started projecting myself as a stronger. So I think that is where, mm-hmm. you know, all these things change, ki not accepting, uh, being bullied or, right. you know, mm-hmm. because they're different. So right. it's pretty... it was life changing right yeah i guess this is one of the common threads among all my forgy brat friends uh, who've grown up in the armed yeah. forces environment so uh, how was your the influence of your father being in the air force how did that play a role in you deciding your career path in the future 
Well, um, I never thought, uh, like, I always wanted to be a pilot. I don't mm-hmm. know what, like, how it came into my mind. It was pretty dormant till I came till I came to Bidar, till my father was mm-hmm. posted to Bidar. So, uh, the Surikiran aerobatic team, uh, they just came to Bidar. Right. Like, mm-hmm. they got shifted to Bidar and uh, it was their base. And we used to see uh, those, you know, beautiful aircraft flying every day. And, uh, and like, you know, there are a lot of people, my neighbors who were SCAT pilots. It's right. the Surikiran aerobatic team. Mm-hmm. So those pilots, you know, those uh, officers were my neighbor. I used to talk to them and I used to feel uh, very impressed. Right. And I asked my dad, uh, like, can I, you know, become a SCAT mm-hmm. pilot? He said, no, girls, you know, you have to be a fighter pilot first. Then you have right. to be a qualified flying instructor in that same, you know, mm-hmm. uh, fighter. And only then you can become, a, you know, aerobatic pilot. But right. girls are not allowed. Mm-hmm. So I was very disheartened. So I yeah. said, I'll become a helicopter pilot because mm-hmm. that time. So this on this went on till the time I, uh, uh, you know, came to second year Sorry. when mm-hmm. the first batch came, second or third year when the first batch came. Mm-hmm. And that time I was determined, determined that uh, I have to do it. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that, that brings us to the next question that I have. And this is probably like the most important question that I've been asking myself. Okay. So we grew up in this environment where, you know, we kind of never taught to have a lot of choices in terms of our careers. Hmm. So engineering is something by default. Wo aisa 10th, 12th engineering kar lete hum log. Like no questions yeah. asked. So you went about the same path and I'm sure when you even in your engineering school, you must have met other kids who are just becoming engineers and get a job in your final year and do this nine to five thing. Yeah. So what prompted you to then once you were comfortably settled in the, what do you say, the complacent people ka rat race? And you were you were killing pretty much at that as well. Like you went to one of the best engineering schools. You were doing pretty well. You probably had a very good job offer as well. What then prompted you to take that leap and actually go into Air Force, knowing that it's such a commitment that you're making? Yeah, <laughs> actually, it was the other way around. Uh, mm-hmm. I uh, joined. Uh, I had to graduate to join the Air Force. So I like I couldn't go to the NDA like the guys. So the only way I could join the Air Force was to get, you know, get a get a degree. Right. So mm-hmm. I had uh, two, three options. And I knew I have to do this. There is no running away from it. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, I I had uh, St. Stephen's and I had uh, engineering. Right. And I was... Mm-hmm. Uh, ready to live in Delhi because I I was pretty scared of like I'm not yeah. you know used to living in big cities so I right. mm-hmm. said no to St. Stephen's and I came to uh, Jaipur right but mm-hmm. throughout like you know uh, the four years this mm-hmm. was always in my mind mother this was playing in my uh, you know like in the background that how am I supposed to do what when so it was always there but I needed a backup plan because, you know, the success rate uh, of, you know, getting into armed forces is like pretty much nil. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I had to do well in that also. So my plan A was 
joining the armed forces and mm-hmm. plan b was so engineering was yeah. just a by product it, it had to be done. Yeah. right oh man how oh, i wish i had a clear foresight of that sort but uh, well never mind so, yeah. can you tell us a little bit about like the selection process what tests did you have to take and how how did you actually end up qualifying for the iaf so uh, you have to give a basically a common admission test mm-hmm. for the uh, air force so there are like multiple ways in which you can join the air force mm-hmm. uh, as a as a women mm-hmm. i can join the uh, air force only through afcat right mm-hmm. uh, uh, the guys can come through either nda or through sure. afcat or through cds so it's like there are multiple entries right Mm-hmm. So you give the afcat you get a score and uh, they have a merit list kind of so you have to you know mm-hmm. they have a cut off and you have to score above that then you get called for ssb right. which is a service selection board mm-hmm. and it is one of the toughest you know uh, interviews toughest basically selection boards to crack like even uh, a, you know comparative to upsc right but it involves a lot of physical psychological and uh, like you have all kinds of tests it's a one week long uh, mm-hmm. selection and uh, there are at least like you know 20 to 30 tests which they do right. uh, involving your um, there are they are trained psychologists from the air force like air force officers who are trained as psychologists mm-hmm. there are you know uh, doctors to analyze your uh, stories what you have to write your sentences your games how you like you know the physical activity that you do in groups and individually they analyze you then there is one very lengthy uh, interview right mm-hmm. just an all aspect uh, selection and then uh, if you are applying for the flying branch you have to give an additional uh, uh, it's called a pabt and now mm-hmm. it is called Yes, so it's a computer it's basically you have a slightly mathematical logical analytical exam you pass mm-hmm. it and you work it's like a video game okay you have a are long you know like multiple video games which require your you know new psycho muscular skills psychomotor right. so, so they check your psychomotor skills mm-hmm. and it's only a once in a lifetime you know exam Right. So if you have given this flying wala test once and you have failed so you can't give it again. Oh my god. So, so there's no yeah. there's no reattempt at that Thank ever. Reattempt. So yeah it's that's the added pressure so if you are applying to flying branch you have to you know like get to in first attempt otherwise you'll never be able to become a pilot in the Indian Air Force. Oh god. Okay. I've I've heard a lot of uh, horror stories of SSP uh, camps from some of my guy friends was the horror physical story, yeah. so just the difficulty of the whole yeah. process that was uh, draining and you know uh, like you would assume that the biggest challenge you would face is the physical test but yeah, then the but other parts not. are not something you can take for granted dude like i've heard yeah. no physical you know to some extent uh, they still it is okay mm-hmm. like you know it you will get that body you will get that physique you will get the stamina and strength with time but right. what they check is in the armed forces you have to be you know a team leader an mm-hmm. officer has to, so you should you know showcase those qualities like certain qualities some 12 15 you know uh, qualities that they check in you 
so basically whatever you do every action of yours they tick mark or they cross some quality that they want right so in an sp mm-hmm. it can happen that everyone can get selected mm-hmm. and it can also happen that nobody can get selected because it is not something ki itne len itne log ko lena hai right okay there's no quota Haan. to be filled you have it or you don't have it so right. there have been sps where nobody gets selected wow so that then i uh, got then i cleared this has been my first attempt to, i that is i think that it's my biggest achievement in life so far <laughs> yeah. and uh, then i had the medicals uh, after the, the medicals like you know uh, for flying branch again a lot of extra uh, uh, tests you have a lot of you know scrutiny when mm-hmm. it comes to your physical standards so your eyesight your ears your height your you know like backbone and everything right your body and then there is a in the last like this is a one year long process then you have a merit list mm-hmm. so i to the merit list i went to academy and right. um, i uh, did my six months of basic training and then mm-hmm. uh, along with my india counterparts i flew the uh, pilates pc7 uh, in stage 1 Mm-hmm. then there is a stick to where i flew the uh, you know hl built uh, kiran mark 2 it's very vintage it's 60 years old mm-hmm. and then i got commissioned into fighters right and uh, yeah then i flew the hawk uh, which is made by the britishers mm-hmm. and uh, i am a day ops operational pilot in hawk and now then i'm flying the mic 21 awesome awesome so yeah, we'll get to that part later but to just take one step back and i want to ask you so cracking the ssp was just the beginning for you so it's yeah, not like sure. the end of some horrible nightmare it's just the beginning so there is that is when you start your training yeah. how exactly was your training i'm pretty sure it's something that not everyone can get through yeah tell us a little bit about that hmm um in my um stage 1 uh, there was a, a team which came from discovery mm-hmm. which uh, yeah. started, which like we have yeah, shot the same thing and right. it was uh, whatever is shown uh, in in that series is not even like you know right one fourth of what happens mm-hmm. because they can't do the unofficial part right <laughs> so i can't tell it to them so <laughs> it is a uh, like um, till the time uh, you know you're training and you're not flying the mm-hmm. moment you like you know in pftc uh, this like as a flying branch uh, officer mm-hmm. you have a one and a half years of training and uh, rest all uh, branches are one year of training right. so you do one, you just six months where you you know learn about the basic you know subjects related to air, air, aviation like right. you have aerodynamic navigation and avionics instruments and all that mm-hmm. so that you you get rogered like you know physical punishments and all that along with your uh, ground duty and engineering branch course mates no my god so you start with four you, you I, i don't know if i've slept in those six months um, like more than two or three hours and, Damn, uh, i will never complain about my job anymore okay <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like we used to like sleep in classes at but uh, it is a lot of running and a lot mm-hmm. of uh, like uh, military punishments and the tricks are like you know murga banna and right. uh, being able to do you know i at the end of 6 months i could feel my cuts on my like <laughs> belly <laughs> i was oh pretty happy but 
like you know mm. you get used to it and you feel good about your body and you know the way you're able to handle it like the physical um, uh, you know uh, it was grueling but right. it was fun also you know i'm sometimes say. so uh, like fascinated by this fact like we do all these other things in life and then like building a good physique and having a good body is like one of your ultimate goals like we work out in gyms and we keep slacking we restart those programs our gym subscriptions they get expired without having actually used it ever like chandlers i remember yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you guys you guys are just building great physiques as a by product like that's not even your that's not even the goal really? but it's just happening as a ab ban raha hai matlab and you know like you get so you get so used to you know to, so uh, used to sweating out sweating right. it out so mm-hmm. like you know even after your commissioning you feel the need like you know if you're frustrated and you feel stressed out with so much of you know things right. going on first, you kind of need that kick of those endorphins yeah. every morning yeah so first thing you know like it i like i have had times during like you know past when i was so frustrated like i didn't used to see time and it used to be 10 mm-hmm. o'clock at the 4 o'clock in the morning i used to go for for runs and i was not a runner <laughs> i before joining carry i was not a runner and after that i i can run like you know any length mm-hmm. and uh, it it makes me happy like you know when i come back even if i have not slept for like two days i feel mm-hmm. so fresh because i had a run so that is the kind of you know um It, it 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 like it's all mental they say in in another right. category yeah. oh man i envy you a lot more now that i've spoken <laughs> to you <laughs> because running is one of the last things i would do up oh i am so lazy i felt the need to have that as the title of this podcast so let's not go there <laughs> yeah. no i can send you a lot of apps like you know if uh-huh. um You know, yeah, if you, if problem you, is not with the apps. Apps, hey. No, ha, they're there, but you know, there are like pretty good apps in Play Store, which uh, like they'll push you to your limits, and you'll feel embarrassed because you're not running. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was about to say that. So instead of sending an app, agar like you just record a message and send it to me like every morning at six a.m. Yeah, like Priya Sharma shouting in my ears. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> That's I, a lot I, more motivating. <laughs> right. Without so, without. Uh, one of the questions I had was did you get any sort of like was your training different from your male counterparts or um, was everything completely same? Okay, um in the flying part um there was no mm-hmm. difference. And mm-hmm. since I've been uh, you know lady pilots being trained mm-hmm. in my stage one i'm talking about stage one where uh, you know we have we don't get trifurcated into fighters helicopters or transports right so uh, like you know everyone from like including people who directly join the in air force academy mm-hmm. and uh, who come from nda like three years of indian then they come to air force academy so um, when we together go to stage one mm-hmm. so it's pretty much similar for every uh, like you know male and female um, cadets right. but um, like chod barabar hai aur 
don't tell your mom please edit it <laughs> so, <laughs> go, yeah. go feel so, free <laughs> yeah the kind of uh, <laughs> uh, the kind of you know like uh, it's it's pretty harsh in the cockpit there's a lot of pressure mm. and uh, you know the same it people like guys because uh, i've not seen a lady qfi yet they're not mm-hmm. they're no lady qfis so all are men right all are like, you know male officers Mm-hmm. so they get they toned down it a little in terms right. of you know the thing of profanity mm-hmm. so that little less but the uh, physical punishments and you know like mm-hmm. you know you get embarrassed in office that happens to us 24/7 like you know even right. if you fly good mm-hmm. you will they'll say ki uh, you know like you're the worst pilot I've ever who made you a pilot <laughs> you know the monkey can fly so that is what you hear throughout like right. so uh that that um, that is given equally mm-hmm. but then when it came to um, fighters because there are less uh, there mm-hmm. been like six uh, ahead of me and a lot of people right but uh, you know new to this concept mm-hmm. so it it generally happens you know like we are i am comfortable dealing with all that but they are not right like you know yeah. uh, so others are not so then yet to uh, it happens and i think it is pretty normal because they have spent their entire like 10 12 years in air force without seeing a girl in fighter scon right. and when they come to teach a girl you know to be a fighter pilot it it, mm-hmm. it affects you know right it's quite a challenge for them as well it, it's challenging for them as well right. because they have to mind the language it yeah. might you know like uh, the uh, you know they might think that it might offend us right. or because they have you know like they'll think of us as sisters or you know right yeah their daughters so right. that gets a little difficult for them i've had like i've had instructors mm-hmm. who have been like you know more abusive to me and i've got a lot of thrashings mm-hmm. i've got a lot of blue eyes blue hands just because i've been beaten so much so that i kill myself when i go solo and but it right. has been one of the wonderful sorties mm-hmm. in my right oh my god that sounds that like, to even to just listen to that is so grueling <laughs> <laughs> and here's something it's i wanted fun. to know so aajkal we are living in this such a sensitive environment where people have become such like mush babies let's mm. say uh, so for example like this quarantine like yeah people have been asked to just stay the fuck home right like that there's nothing you have to do tumko kuch aise kuch ukhadna nahi hai just ghar pe baithe raho and mm-hmm. people have been sending out like okay we know this is a big deal here's here's some resources to help protect your mental health and oh ho oh, oh. so but for someone who's dealing with such grueling experiences coming from nothing yeah. like a normal kid studying in in an engineering college having graduated Mm-hmm. biggest challenge then in our life is ki ye excel sheet mein qc barabar kiya hai ki nahi at the same time you guys are getting whacked on your asses for having made a mistake or having not woken up at time on time that's not that's that's a mistake we cannot afford to make <laughs> right so how how's that experience like what does it mean for your mental health and how how do people actually cope up is that something that they actually filter out during the ssp itself whether you are able to cope up with yeah I, i think so i think so but you know like um, 
No, but see, everyone does not become a fighter pilot. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, when you go through a stage one of training, after that you have a, like after six months of flying, uh, you know, your instructors and there is a chief flying instructor, then there is a commanding officer. So mm-hmm. they all analyze your skills as a pilot because they have been, you know, flying with you. So they yeah. also keep noting down, we have sorted reports, like every sortie we fly, we make our own report, the instructor makes a report, it is analyzed, you're given marks for every mm-hmm. sortie that you Right. So they know what you're capable of and they know where you'll fit, fit better. Mm-hmm. Like if you're good for fighters, if you're good for helicopters, if you have single cockpit rates or if you know, if you're better with, you know, right. uh, being in a aircraft. So uh, they're able to, you know, in the flying men, they're able to distinguish and they, they that is, you know, because of that, the trifurcation mm-hmm. is pretty simpler. Right. So it considers your own choices if you're good at it, if your instructor wants you to be in that particular fleet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're categorized and then, you know, still, it's it's a very long process. Some people don't make it into fighters. So, there are a lot of things, you know, you know, the number of pe- successful pe- people keeps on reducing. Right. Because yeah. some people don't want that kind of job. Right. It is, you know, it's like a mindfuck. Mm-hmm. But uh, have there been cases where like people have not been able to cope up and they've just dropped out saying yeah, key, a lot. not a cup yeah, of it's a lot. It, it it happens a lot. I mean the attrition rate is pretty high. Um I mean I had a batch of um, forty-eight people who got mm-hmm. into stage fighters. Only thirty-two people, you know, like could make it till the end, and then the right. rest got, you know, transferred to other fleets, uh, helicopters or navigation or transfer. So right. it is pretty demanding, and in the end, it's 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 like you know takes a toll on your mental health. But that's a part of the training. So you know, like when you grow further in service, and so you have mm-hmm. to like you know, in fighters, you have to give six, seven, like your youth right. to you know machine that you're flying. So it's it's for us a a risk, not a risk basically, but uh, something that that's a signing. challenge you're taking on, like you're uh, signing up for that. Yeah. So, you know what you're getting into. So, one thing I've always wanted to know uh, is how does it actually feel when you step into the cockpit for the first time? Let me like elaborate on that question a little bit. Because on my day job, if I make a mistake, Mm. the worst thing that can happen is my company will lose a, a, a bunch of dollars but for you, you're flying, you're already flying a big 21 cost, what, $22 million? Um, it, is, it is costly, but it is... Um, yeah, so <laughs> that, and then of course your life. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can lose my life, yeah. So what does that responsibility feel like to be in constant guard of your own life and so much other things that are at stake? You know... Uh, in a fighter jet, uh, you're not just responsible, Mantab, you know, as a human being, you know, your life is at risk, but that's not the first thing that comes into mind, uh, you know, mm-hmm. when something wrong happens. Uh, uh, I would say, ki, uh, Mantab, you're trained that way, right. that, you know, um, if something wrong happens, if there's some emergency on board, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you know, able to react in seconds, like not even in seconds, it's like milliseconds and you know everything, you know what to do. Right. So it, it, it's like, you know, anything can, you know, you're grilled for that. You have um, 
in the morning like when we have a morning briefings at you know 5 or 6 in the morning mm-hmm. it lasts for like you know 1 to 2 hours and you know you're randomly asked an emergency you're made to sit and think you're given a situation suppose your aircraft is in hydraulic failure you're in this phase of flight what will you do mm-hmm. and you have to start from like you know what will you think what will you see what will be your immediate actions your subsequent actions so the articles will you give what switches will you operate how will you communicate with you know like people how will you land how will you come out of the aircraft so everything you have to explain and you mm-hmm. know that pressure you know right. it, the same kind of cockpit pressure is created in you know the briefing room and in a lot of places you know in simulators right. and so you are being prepped up for that one day when something might go wrong Right. so that yeah. you know you're not uh, uh you know uh, how do you say lost it or uh, you're not able you, you you know you have that like as human beings we think that uh, this will not happen to us right or yeah. nothing wrong can happen to us but mm-hmm. you know murphy murphy gets into play right. and uh, so you you so as a, as a, as a pilot as a fighter pilot you're trained for that one day when things can go wrong So right. when th- things actually go wrong, you are pretty much able to con- take a control over it. Got it. Yeah. And then we don't fear that you know the other guy will eject, but you know at least we'll. So that is that is why they have ejection seats and uh, right. Fighters, you know. Oh my God, that was such a weighted question, and <laughs> like just the I amount of my, stress I've, I can feel. <laughs> I've seen my uh, favorite instructor. Um, mm-hmm. and the the instructor i was talking about who is like one of my best instructors has beaten me a lot and he's t- taught me a lot about flying mm-hmm. he was a person rejected and he lost a limb and oh. uh, so you know like he, and he's such a joyful person and uh, mm-hmm. he's still so positive about life you know, right the way he's trained and the way he's trained me so you know all these things keep going on i've seen a lot of my course mates rejecting my seniors my juniors mm-hmm. so it's it's you know a process that you have to deal with so there's right. no going right. back so basically you are trained in such a way that it feels like a part and parcel of your job now that yes yes it is but for someone who's absolutely looking at it from the outside it, it must scary. be <laughs> someone who doesn't it is it is pretty scary when my like right. my mom gets scared she's yeah that's one of the things i wanted to know like how was like how did your parents react when you first got selected and told them you were going to be a fighter pilot uh my uh, parents were really supportive like i i i didn't i didn't you know like imagine i thought it would be a lot of like you know struggle mm-hmm. because my parents have seen the air force and they've seen a lot of accidents they've seen their friends losing their lives their you know like spouses right. so i did not know how to convince them that i want to be a part of the same profession which is so dangerous right. because they knew how it how it is mm-hmm. so i told them i want to go to fighters like you you also have to fill an option right but the right. instructor would come to know so you have to fill an option the instructor then decides based on your flying merit and you know all your other traits that if you are suitable for it mm-hmm. so i felt fighters and they were like okay then they asked me are you okay and i i'm ready to accept this matlab right. they were not convinced that i actually want to go uh-huh. but uh, they said if you want to go then go you should know what kind of life you know you'll have 
you will not have time for you know there will be no personal time and uh, you can't just get married you know like just mm-hmm. like that everything has to be planned and it's very risky so i said okay and they're like oh, okay we're with you so <laughs> it was very so uh, sweet to that is because i'm pretty sure at the same time that they were supportive of your decision it like, must yeah, have killed them from inside every time i fly <laughs> my mom she doesn't even even during night when i'm flying she does not sleep till the time i've landed like i have to get it, it is you know like a mandatory uh, call that i have to you know give to my mom that i'm back from the sortie and then she, uh, she like okay fine done for the day yeah so of course that is, you know, that is the amount of uh, you know nervous she is right uh, over that i mean just the amount of sacrifice involved in this whole profession like not just by the people who are serving themselves but like the whole support system around them the amount of sacrifices that everyone else has to go through is just mind boggling mm. and like the amount of respect and the the adulation that you guys get for doing this is just not enough i feel like and it can it can't be enough <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an answer to this question but uh, I don't but, know how I don't know how the uh, how, how India works and uh, I think it is uh, I'm <laughs> like army takes a lot of credit I think army does an amazing job and right. so does navy so does all the you know um, mm-hmm. forces but uh, I think it is in due course of time uh, because you know air force has just started like all the armed forces have just started to you know mm-hmm. uh, portray the kind of image they're supposed to have like uh, right. us and uk have been doing it for a very long time now you know propaganda right the pr machinery for especially for the american forces because i see a lot of these people here yeah. it's mind boggling so every business that you actually go to has a military veteran discount or an active personnel discount every uh, flight that you fly in if there's a person who's been who's currently actively serving on board uh, okay. i'm talking about like a passenger flight you take they announce their names and they say we thank you for your service okay that's just the culture here is amazing and i think we as indians we need to pick this up a lot more kyunki i have yeah. seen the amount of disrespect we have for our army personnel is we are not willing to share a train berth dude like i've seen army personnel when they get suddenly leaves announced and they have to move from one part of the country to the other they're mm-hmm. traveling in these trains and obviously people have booked their seats but so these army people are actually sitting near the doors near the toilets oh it's it's just disheartening the amount of disrespect they get we compare firstly it is matlab i don't know if it is right to compare a country which has been uh, you know mm-hmm. been a democratic country for like centuries now right and yeah. india Yeah. but the kind of awareness that our country has is very less and mm-hmm. uh, you know it it needs to be showcased that uh, you know th- there's so much being done um, by the armed forces right and the kind of sacrifices that the men do mm-hmm. and to protect you know the borders right. and 
it is it will come with time but mm-hmm. uh, but it come at a slow pace because you know as an air force as an armed force person you know you, you can't just you know start it on own propaganda mm-hmm. it is so you basically given up all your privacy and your yeah. most of your personal life yeah you can't service you know, of the country uh, Hmm. <laughs> you you are supposed to refrain from you know posting all these things because there are like you know people trying to get information out of you make like honey trapping and all right. these stuff mm-hmm. so you know you basically sacrificing your country um, you know essential right. yeah. i think this is a decent you know like i'm not much of a like you know i don't know how to use snapchat Yeah. <laughs> and uh <laughs> none of us do. I, i like i have my my uh i like i love instagram because it's very colorful mm-hmm. and <laughs> and uh, <laughs> a lot of my friends are on instagram and on facebook right. but otherwise that's i think that we uh-huh. need to share uh, like you know service information right yeah. that actually brings me to my next question which is ki how is it how does being in the armed forces affect your identity as a woman so let me just explain this for a while if there's a place which has a worse sex ratio than an engineering college it has to be the armed forces right mm. so so much of masculinity going around and so like you dealing having to deal with so many men around you mm. how does how do your so for example i know you have two lovely cats i know you were big into like reading probably fiction novels and stuff i still do yeah so how does how do these minor personality traits that you have as a woman get impacted because of this are you kind of expected to give them up or does that happen naturally or yeah. uh basically uh, you don't have to give your um, feminine traits or you're like you know person hobbies to uh, do what you're doing mm-hmm. you get a lot of uh, you know like me time that you say right so you have to hard you have to do a lot of hard work for like whatever you're doing whatever missions or sort of just like it takes mm-hmm. a lot of hard but you do get time for yourself after the few initial like you know four or five years right you get time for yourself to like you know think about your family you have you know in between also like milta hai abhi to i am able to get so much time because of the lockdown right. but i think maybe six uh, like another three four years down the service i'll have a lot of time and mm-hmm. uh, it depends from fleet to fleet like you know right so um i um, got cats because i used to um feel a little left out because there are no girls mm-hmm. and i have nobody to share and um and i'm a, i'm an introvert Sled. so uh, yeah. i don't go out and like talk to people so cats are like you know i don't know like i wanted dogs but they were like mm-hmm. i couldn't give the amount of time that dogs require so that hey, cats so cats, cats are kind of happy when you leave the house yeah, it feels like yeah. that <laughs> that but it was not the case you know like i realized later they i have seen you know my cats cry when i go and oh my god uh, Yeah, I I have actually have a recording like I just left for like 10 15 minutes. Mhm. And the female one but she was crying and she was like looking at the door ki kab khulega. Are you sure it's a cat? <laughs> I I think it's a dog so in a cat's body. I I yeah, something like that. Dude. They're so 
they just sleep with me and they wake me up in the morning and it is like you know they like they they make kids are do mere ghar ke paas ek billi tha i kind of like took pity because he was in a very yeah. bad shape and i like yeah. fed him dood and all and yeah. he he was he was enjoying me petting him take like yeah they cute. do they love you and so suddenly mere ko kaat ke chala gaya wo ungrateful son of a bitch <laughs> yeah i'm i'm done with cats dude no <laughs> no i i think you should meet my cats like everybody always of the opinion like whomever my like you know my friend they used to think that cats are the mm-hmm. meanest bitches in the world right but when yeah. you meet my cats they're like oh my god they're not cats they're like human babies or um, they, they they just don't like the female does because she's a little hysterical mm-hmm. or she gets you know she's very nervous and she gets nervous and ca- kind of like he's shy right in front yeah. of, like humans mm-hmm. but the male uh, cat casper he's lovable he'll get into anybody's arms like yeah, you right. can make him on a lap he'll not do anything he's just scared of you know like bright shiny things and he'll just once in a like at them but <laughs> i don't know my parents were liking of them and they want to adopt them from like they want to take them from me Oh my god. Like, well, um, so that I is the cutest you. thing. I have to you meet your cats now. Cat. Yeah. I meet my cats. Not all cats are good, but mine are the best. Yeah. <laughs> they've been together like there were two of them. I think that is the reason and they had right. a, you know human from the early age. Mhm. So that is also one of the they're so friendly and they're yeah, a lot to milna padega. yeah please right acha so one of the questions i had otherwise was ki apart from this ye like you know morose and morbid thoughts around like things going wrong and you preparing for them which is of course part of the job how does like the feeling when you first step into that cockpit like you are this complete civilian kid who's never had any exposure to yeah. the air force and then like you don't you're not sure that if you'll be able to crack ssp like the odds are against you mm-hmm. you just happen to clear it and now cut forward to like two months later you are you find yourself in the cockpit of a real aircraft mm-hmm. what was that feeling like i was pretty scared uh, like the first time i ever sat in the cockpit Mm-hmm. I thought I'll not be able to do it because I I didn't know how to drive a scooty. I didn't know how to, to drive a car, mm-hmm. and I was directly you know getting into a cockpit, which is like um, pretty fast. Uh, oh my some, god! Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's scary. I like I don't have any psychomotor skills. So uh, then I I proved myself wrong, and but when I went for solo, mm-hmm. I like there's some person, some senior officer. Mm-hmm. who qualifies you to fly solo like he also flies but he does not do anything he does not teach you does not talk right it, he does not exist in the cockpit right and he's there to see how you do in a duel so that you can go solo right so um, i was scared and he's like chali ja solo i was like no <laughs> i was like no i oh can't do God. it i was so scared will i come back or not i was so scared but then i thought he, if he has so much confidence in me maybe i'm like you know underestimating myself right yeah. so 
the first time I went solo, I was like numb. I was numb. <laughs> <laughs> was that the one they <laughs> recorded on discovery was that your actual solo or? yeah that was that was my actual solo oh and okay. i was nervous i was also nervous because i they were recording my uh, right. you know, solo sort so and that was my first solo sortie oh so, <laughs> and they, they couldn't understand the kind of you know like i was so nervous because i had to perform like you know twice as good for the right. camera yeah. and actually <laughs> <laughs> okay, not only do you have to go fly this million dollar machine oh, alone, <laughs> you also have You're to pose to... for the camera <laughs> and not appear nervous at all. Oh my god! Yeah, I would, I would have, I would have shat my pants then and there. <laughs> that that was pretty. I was. Not ready for that. Dude, camera. honest to God, I went to this Six Flags. There's a like an amusement park around here. They have okay. pretty big and mean roller coasters. Hmm. I sat on one of them. Okay, like they have at least seven or eight in that whole park. I sat on okay. one of them and I was like, okay, maybe this is not such a good idea. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you guys you do this as a part of your daily job so dude how do you actually get used to not feeling like nausea? the sickness yeah the nausea yeah um you tested for it um you know initial few sorties that you fly um mm-hmm. firstly you're tested for air sickness uh, like you know you do a lot of aerobatics that instructed us basically right. in the initial by sorties and there are a lot of people who you know get getting keep getting air sickness throughout their stage one so mm-hmm. they are basically grounded they are they are you know put to some other ground duty uh, uh, you know like a branch right like administration gastrics but you mm-hmm. are uh, like you know in the initial sortie 6 or 7 they do uh, the instructors do hygiene you know aerobatics so if you have any kind of you know nausea or air sickness or you might puke or you actually puke So yeah. the uh, instructor and they make a remark of it, and you know, further investigation, investigation to enable that. Yeah, but like you know, they they look into the matter, and you know, right. Well, it is, I mean, pretty systematic. So you right, are right, sick yeah. or you're not. Oh, that is that is, I mean, taken care of. My God, dude, like flying in Emirates, thoda sa turbulence aata hai, to meri fart jaati hai. वो मेरी भी फटी थी जब मैं इनिशियली फिर सोलो सेवेंट आई यूज़ टू हाउ इज़ इट डिफरेंट फ्रॉम फ्लाइंग इन अ पैसेंजर जेट लाइक इट इज़ प्रेड इट इज़ वेरी डिफरेंट इट इज़ वेरी डिफरेंट राइट बिकॉज़ यू नो एक्सपीरियंस द सेम सॉर्ट ऑफ़ टर्बुलेंस एंड वही नो टर्बुलेंस इज़ ओके बट इस Mm-hmm. That small, it was very small and it was very fast. Like right. the maximum an Emirates can fly would be like um, how much? Three hundred knots. Yeah. Or like three hundred. Mm-hmm. So we can fly to six hundred knots or seven hundred knots. Oh my god! And uh, uh, it is um, how do you say? It? You sing here alone, and right. not instruments. And it is pretty light, and it actually floats in the air. Like the first. Uh, the aircraft which I flew to Atlas, mm-hmm. it was a very like um, it did not have a high wing loading. That means it was not resistant to like you know um, air. Right. So it was warm air, turbulent air. You know, in mid right. thousand like, feet above the ground. Mm-hmm. So I could see the aircraft moving on its own without me doing anything. So I thought I'm in some kind of shit. 
I was actually I I froze for one minute. I did not know right. what to do, mm-hmm. and I could not tell anybody anybody that I'm scared. Right. So I I panicked and I told my instructor. He said I was scared in like you know I mm-hmm. felt like it, turbulence was so much. And he said that you know like a lot of instructors also get uncomfortable with the kind of turbulence that is during warm weather. Mm-hmm. But you know it it is like okay it is normal. Right. So we right. clouds. We you do aerobatics in clouds. You do combat. Mm-hmm. in like you know skirting clouds and killing the enemy and not aiming the actual enemy right yeah. so i'm scared me so you know that fun is not there in playing a uh, transport yeah and yep. the, the high g maneuvering that you do you cross the 60 right. that Achha, tell me about this i was actually wondering matlab the only things that we know of are these dog fights that we've seen in movies like you know dunkirk and like the world war 2 movies Mm-hmm. Of course things have changed leaps and bounds now and mm-hmm. you guys obviously don't have those kinds of talk fights anymore where we are just you know actually physically trying to locate the enemy jet and how is it now like kaise what are you guys trained for exactly like without getting too much into the okay um because our uh, technology has advanced and we have moved from close combat to बालाकोट go for an actual mission so you keep flying you know like simulations and uh mm-hmm. uh that you know you're not told what to do it, it just kept pretty secret right and i think uh, you like you i told you about the emergency thing you're preparing mm-hmm. for that day so, right you know you're always kept on your toes so you don't know if it's an actual mission or a simulation right what a day dude what a day that must have been for those people <laughs> yeah it it i met i met uh, like two of the people uh, mm-hmm. who are part of this you know mission and like i'm, I'm just spellbound like i am equally in awe of you like oh my god said <laughs> <Right>. i like <laughs> you may not know <laughs> yeah are those like the opportunities like that are you is that something that you guys kind of hope that of. will arise one day uh, and that, that, like i uh, the, the main reason why i became a fighter pilot was i wanted to fight a war वेरी like a foggy thing to say <laughs> as a civilian i can tell you that is not something you oh you wake up in the morning 6 am like ah just i wish ki koi mil jaye to amazing so okay one last thing that i wanted to get from you sorry yeah no nothing nothing acha this the zoom app sucks and no offense but like okay. this whole over the internet <laughs> thing is uh, quite difficult 
yeah so one last thing that i wanted to know from you is ki dude when i think of you and all that you've done and achieved it feels like such a feather in the cap of this whole women empowerment kind of a thing so i'm pretty sure a lot of women right now look up to you and follow your journey and kind of get in touch with you and say how did you do it what like why did you do it so yeah. what are some of the things given that you have this open opportunity now to address them what are some of the things that you would like to tell them it's it's i think it's the most difficult question you've asked me <laughs> right. and not just for someone who's actually looking to become a fighter pilot for women in general mm-hmm. in general okay um, i think it is uh, it is very important to know that uh, like you know the boundaries that uh, like the people set for you or the society sets for you that is like you know a limitation in their mind so you should not get bogged down by you know something which other people are saying so you should just mind your own business basically and um, you know like there'll be people will be there to you know support you so you should be able to identify them i, I identify them and uh, there should not be like you know any negativity if you feel like some person is you know pulling you down and not having the same mindset or same ideologies as you i think you should it is better that you leave them and you know continue with the life and uh, you know you can you can achieve anything i think like if you decide to do what you want to do right Dude, it is actually so amazing when you think of it like there are so many battles being fought by women at the same time like there are people who are kind of like protesting for the right to wear what they want to or not wear when and where they don't feel like but yeah you guys fought this whole different battle where you were fighting to wear the same uniform that only men have been wearing for the longest time Oh, well officer priya sharma this has been a complete honor and privilege to have you on you have no clue how much no <laughs> no you have no idea how much i uh, love the fact that i got to know you and been in touch with you in some sort this has been amazing thank you so much for coming and it was uh, my pleasure right and we wish you the best and we absolutely thank you for your service for the country and jai hind <gasps> jai hind <laughs> yeah yeah we got through it come back to india <laughs> <laughs> yeah i give you right on the bus